many episodes that focus on Ash, it's time to talk about characters that are equally as important as him, his companions. If you watch the Pokemon anime religiously, then you know that Ash has had many companions over the years. Some are great and still talked about to this day, and others people wish didn't exist. But which companion goes in each department? In this episode, I'll be ranking all of Ash's companions from worst to best. I figured it was time for me to express my opinion because I think I've seen enough episodes to rank these characters. I'll be judging them based on their personalities, development, and how much of an impact they left on the series. I'm also going to include Ash's classmates from Alola, even though they weren't companions in a traditional sense, they still count in a way. However, the ones I won't be including are Verity, Sorel, and sadly, Go and Chloe. The first two I mentioned were only relevant in the 20th Pokemon movie. Obviously, that takes place in an alternate universe, which means they're not canon. And as of the making of this episode, Pokemon Journeys is still airing, so it wouldn't be fair to judge Go and Chloe until that series is completely finished. But so far, I like both of them. That's definitely another hot take, but wait until you hear my list. <laughs> of course, everything I say is just my opinion, so if you think any of Ash's friends should be ranked higher or lower, that's fine. I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and these are Ash Ketchum's companions ranked from worst to best. Number 16. Sophocles. The worst companion, in my opinion, is Sophocles. I'm sorry, Sony Moon fans, but I fucking can't stand this kid. Compared to the other classmates Ash had, all he did was gloat about his inventions, his lack of physical exercise, and how he's somehow so afraid of the dark, even though he's like 10 years old or whatever. Those things got old for me fast. Granted, I did like his goal, which was to become an astronaut, and he did go through some development before the Alola League, but that doesn't change the fact that he's still an annoying little shit, and I cringe almost every time I see him on screen. For those reasons, I had to put Sophocles at the very bottom. Number 15. Tracy. Easily the most forgettable companion. Really, he's only remembered as, oh yeah, the guy who replaced Brock for some reason. But the moment Brock returned, Tracy quickly became irrelevant. Really, the only purpose he has now is helping Professor Oak take care of Ash's Pokemon in his lab. But even when he's doing that, he's barely shown. To be fair, Tracy does know his Pokemon facts and can draw very well. I mean, his last name is Sketchit after all. Still, that's not enough to excuse how shallow and irrelevant he's become over the years, and we're lucky to see even a small glimpse of him nowadays. Number 14. Max. It's funny, when I first watched the Advanced Generation series back then, I didn't mind Max all too much. In fact, he was interesting because he was the first companion to not have any Pokemon on him, simply because he's only a little kid and therefore he's too young to be a trainer, but that didn't stop the preschool or trainer class now, did it? <laughs> anyway, Max is also infamous for being very snarky and conceited, which I didn't realize until I got older. And yeah, Max was kind of annoying throughout HE, whether he was arguing with Mei or trying to come off as a smartass, but to be fair, he does become more tolerable as the series goes on, especially when he befriended that sick Ralts and even Deoxys during that two-part Ranger episode, and once in a while, his Pokemon knowledge did come in handy, if he wasn't trying to act like a little shit at the same time. But yeah, I don't hate Max like everyone else, but he's definitely not my favorite. Number 13. Silen. Ah yes, the second guy who replaced Brock. Okay, but in all seriousness, Silen's okay. I mean, he definitely feels like Brock 2.0, especially when it came to cooking and Pokemon knowledge. But what made Silence stand out more was his passion for being a connoisseur, whether it was food, fishing, movies, etc. Bro, this guy was a connoisseur for fucking everything. In fact, his main goal was to become the world's best Pokemon connoisseur. I'll admit, it did get annoying every now and then whenever he says, It's evaluation time! You know, Silent, there is such a thing as being too eccentric. Hmm. <laughs> 
Still, I don't think he's terrible. Just okay, in my opinion. Number 12. Lana. This might be a shock for some of you, but Lana surprisingly has a lot of fans. And I can see why. She may act all shy and timid at first, but when you least expect it, she'll act serious and to an extent, scary. Just ask Kiawe. <laughs> but after a while, it does get a little repetitive. In terms of goals, she wants to explore the different oceans and become a fisherman like her father. And she takes that goal seriously because in one episode, she was able to fish out Kyogre. Yes, the same legendary Pokemon that's said to be the ruler of the seas. Lana was able to fish out that Kyogre with a basic ass fishing pole. That was fucking insane. Other than those moments, I've always found Lana to be decent overall. Number 11. Mallow. Since I just talked about Lana, I might as well talk about her BFF next. To be honest, I originally put Lana above Mallow, because for the most part, Mallow is kind of boring to me. Yeah, she's very caring and loves to cook, with the goal of taking over her family's restaurant. Other than that, I really didn't care about her. That is until the Pony Island arc, where we learned that her mother passed away years ago, and all this time she felt partially responsible based on their last conversation. She then learns to stop blaming herself and continue to live life to its fullest. That was honestly pretty moving, and it finally gave me a reason to like Mallow. Unfortunately, because it took me so long to like Mallow, I can't bring myself to put in the top 10. Number 10. Iris. Yeah, you heard right. Iris is in the top 10. If you guys didn't know, I hated the Black and White series with a passion, and Iris was one of the many reasons why I hated that series. Her stubbornness and childlike outbursts easily got on my nerves. And don't get me started on the gag where she constantly calls Ash a little kid. That shit was annoying to hear in almost every episode. Even her goal of being a Dragon Master felt sidetracked at times. And believe me, I wanted to rank Iris lower. Until we got to see her return in Pokemon Journeys, where she not only matured and became more competent, but she's now the new champion of Unova. Holy shit! And she even made it to Master's 8, which is something I'm sure none of us saw coming. Finally, they made Iris a likable character. Okay, she did have her moments in Black and White, especially her spiritual bond with Dragon types. Yet, I still didn't like her in that series. Because Iris went through a lot of changes since the end of her respected series, I had to put her in the top 10. Number 9. Misty. I know. What the fuck, Eric? Why would you rank Misty so low? She's iconic! I know, I know. But aside from nostalgia, Misty never really intrigued me that much. If anything, she annoyed me with her constant complaining and fear of bug types. Doesn't help that her goal of being a great wire-type trainer felt shallow at times. Pun intended, I guess. Still, Misty always came through for Ash when it mattered, and throughout the original series, we got to see her become a better person. Not to mention stronger too, because as of Sun and Moon, she now has a fucking Mega Gyarados! Rip to any new trainers out there. <laughs> so yeah, Misty may not be my favorite overall, but she's definitely an icon, which is why she's in the top 10. Number 8. Kiawe. It's funny, I didn't like Kiawe when Sun and Moon first aired, but after watching that set series, he's actually quite interesting. Unlike the other classmates, or companions in general, Kiawe acted as a pseudo-rival to Ash because the two of them are constantly battling slash training at the Pokemon school. This goes to show Kiawe has a burning desire for battles. Again, pun intended. Yet there's a lot more to it. It turns out, his grandfather was once Akala Island's Grand Kahuna, and Kiawe yearns to be just like him, which is why he takes the Island Challenge and Alola's customs very seriously. He's also a very devoted older brother to his younger sister. Sometimes a little too devoted, but to be fair, what older brother isn't? Kiawe may be eccentric, hot-headed, and delusional into believing he's Ash's main rival, but he cares deeply for those around him and continues to work hard to be an island kahuna. Number 7. 
Lily. This shouldn't be a surprise when I say that Lily is my favorite Sun and Moon companion, because a lot of people tend to agree, mainly due to her development throughout the series. She started off as a book smart girl who was afraid of Pokemon, but thanks to Ash, she became more open towards Pokemon and even stand up to her mother who constantly babied her. To be honest, that did feel a bit rushed considering that development took place in the beginning of Sun and Moon, but thankfully the rest of the series showed her getting stronger and acting more independent, even having the courage to use Z-moves and compete in the Alola League like her friends. And thanks to Journeys, we finally saw her arc come full circle when she, Gladion, and Lusamine finally reunited with Moan. Hell, she even opened her heart to a shiny Nihiligo, I hope I said that right, the same Ultra Beast that caused her and her family so much trauma. To say that moment is poetic would be an understatement. Overall, Lily's development and emotional moments is what easily earned her spot this high. Number 6. Bonnie. It's time to talk about the God Tier Companions, starting with Bonnie, who's basically a better version of Max. You know, a little kid who's not old enough to be a trainer. But unlike Max, who kind of acted like a smartass, Bonnie was a lot more kinder and free-spirited, especially when it comes to finding a girlfriend for Clement, which admittedly gave me a few laps every now and then. Another thing I love about Bonnie is how she ultimately just wants to see the world and have fun. I know, it sounds very simple, but for kids, it makes sense, and Bonnie portrayed that perfectly. I also love the friendship she made with Zygarde, or Squishy, as she called it, as it helps show Zygarde that not every human is evil like Team Flare. Overall, Bonnie proves they don't need to be a trainer in order to be a great companion, if only they took that shit seriously with Max. <laughs> Number 5. Dawn. Starting off the top 5, we have Dawn, aka Best Girl, according to the Anypo community, and I can see why. Dawn instantly became a fan favorite for the following reasons. Starting with their motive, her mother was once a top coordinator, so Dawn wants to follow her footsteps in becoming one as well. Already she gets extra points for having a goal upon her introduction, which leads to another reason why she's loved, her development. Because her mother was a top coordinator, Dawn felt obligated to be exactly like her, only to struggle when her plans didn't work in her favor. But these errors helped Dawn realize that she should focus on her own skills as a coordinator, and not think what her mom would have done. And thanks to Ash, Brock, and even support from her rivals, minus fucking Ursula, Dawn was able to reach new heights and not only become a better coordinator, but a better person. Still a little salty that she didn't win the Sinnoh Grand Festival though. <laughs> At least her skills improved a lot, as shown in Black and White, and even Journeys. Now, if Pokemon Journeys didn't oversaturate her, then maybe she would have been ranked higher. Either way, I still love Dawn. Number 4. Clement. The second best companion from X and Y. At least in my opinion. The reason why Clement is ranked this high is because of how he's portrayed and developed. Even though he was yet another gym leader turned companion, what made Clement different from Brock and Silent was his personality, starting off as a smart yet timid person who felt more confident in his inventing skills than being a gym leader. But that all changed when he and Bonnie decided to join Ash on his Kalos journey. Thanks to Ash and his unpredictability, Clement was able to gain more self-confidence and improve his skills as a trainer, and does so when he briefly left Ash and company to train at the Lumio's gym. That way, he can prepare himself for his upcoming gym battle against Ash. And thank god he did, because by the time Ash had his gym battle with him, Clement felt like a completely different person, by acting more calm, calculated, and even confident. And he remained that way when he rejoined Ash for the rest of the series. It was also great to see Clement return in Journeys, when he helped Ash train for his upcoming PWC match against Drasna, minus their battle being completely one-sided. <laughs> because Clement went through a lot of development throughout the X and Y series, and continues to be a devoted character to this day, is what helps him earn a spot this high. Number 3. Serena. Finally, we get to the other quote-unquote, best girl. 
You guys know I love the X and Y series, and Serena's definitely one of the reasons why. Right off the bat, Serena felt different compared to the other Pokey Girls, considering she already knew Ash when they were little kids attending Professor Oak's summer camp. Though it took a while for Ash to remember her, Serena never forgot the advice he gave her, which was to never give up until the very end, especially when it was time for her to become a trainer. However, Serena had trouble figuring out what her goal was, as her mother kept insisting her to become a Rhyhorn racer like herself. That is until she took an interest in Pokemon performing and strived to be the next Kalos Queen. Sadly, Serena went through a very rough start with this goal, but thanks to Clement, Bonnie, her rivals, and more importantly, Ash, Serena slowly gained confidence in herself and started to prevail. She was without a doubt Ash's biggest supporter throughout X and Y, as she kept reminding Ash to never give up even when all seemed lost, especially when Ash had trouble rekindling his bond with Greninja. If that doesn't sound poetic, I don't know what does. Either way, I love seeing this as it really shows how much of an impact Ash left on her. Even though she failed to become the new Kalos Queen, she at least gained an interest in Pokemon contests and almost instantly changed her goal. By the time she returned in Pokemon Journeys, Serena has become a much more independent and confident person, serving as the perfect role model for Chloe. Honestly, the only problem I have with Serena is how they waited too long to give her a goal. Aside from that, Serena is still an amazing character, and I have no regrets ranking her this high. Number 2. Brock At second place, we have one of, if not, the most iconic companion, that being Brock. This shouldn't be a shock to anyone because Brock is easily a fan favorite, considering he's been with Ash to more regions than anyone else on this list. Starting off as the Pewter City Gym Leader, Brock left his gym so he could travel with Ash because he wanted to pursue his own dream, which was to become the world's greatest Pokemon breeder. Since then, Brock has proved from time to time how reliable he is, whether it was cooking meals, sharing his Pokemon knowledge, or lending a hand in battles. Brock was always there to help his friends when they need him. He's also a self-proclaimed ladies' man, because almost every episode has him simping over any beautiful girl he sees. Ideally, Nurse Joy and Officer Jenny. Even after all these years, those moments still make me laugh my ass off. And he was easily the best part of the original series. Except for when he left Ash during the Orange Islands, but his return in Johto quickly overshadowed it. In the Advanced Generation series, Brock was mostly the same, so not much can be said. However, in Diamond and Pearl, we got to see Brock go through more development. By then, Brock was struggling to figure out what his true passion was, until he figured out he has a knack for nurturing sick Pokemon. This led him to changing his goal completely by becoming a Pokemon doctor. Unfortunately, this meant he couldn't continue traveling with Ash. I know, it sucks, but it does make sense, as it really shows how much Brock has evolved over the years. And even though he's no longer a gym leader, Brock is never a pushover when it comes to battles, as shown in Sun and Moon when he showed off his Mega Steelix. Yeah, that shit was insane. Not to mention that romantic bond he formed with Olivia, which really didn't go anywhere, sadly. Come on, writers. If you were going to make Ash win a Pokemon League in Gen 7, the least you could have done was give Brock a girlfriend. I also enjoyed his return for the four-part Legends Arceus special in Pokemon Journeys, proving once again he's no pushover when it comes to battles. Believe me, Brock has every right to be number one, but there's one character left I feel a bit more attached to. Number one, May. My favorite companion is none other than May. Say what you want about me putting May at the very top because of my Gen 3 bias, but there's definitely more to May than what our game counterpart could have hoped to accomplish. Starting with her development, May started off as someone who hated Pokemon and only wanted to become a trainer as an excuse to travel the world. That is until she met Ash and her opinion on Pokemon changed for the better. However, she still had no idea what her goal was, with everyone assuming she would take on the Hoenn League like Ash. 
but Mei discovered that her true passion was competing in Pokemon contests with the goal of being a top coordinator. This corresponds with another reason why I love Mei. Unlike Misty, Mei felt like a secondary protagonist because of her goal and how much screen time she was given. Yeah, Misty had episodes dedicated to her in the OG series, but it always circled back to Ash at the end of the day. Mei already proved to be a character with her own independent goal and let Ash do his own thing, though they still helped each other out from time to time. Still, with every contest Mei entered, she became both a better coordinator and trainer, whether it was learning to accept defeat and focusing on doing better next time, or to not get overconfident no matter how much progress has been made. These lessons helped Mei perform fairly well in the Hoenn Grand Festival. However, the Battle Frontier arc is when we got to see Mei at her best, taking everything she learned from Hoenn to help her win nearly every Kanto contest she competed in. She even made it to the top 4 of the Kanto Grand Festival, defeating her main rival slash simp Drew along the way. <laughs> she then decided to continue her contest journey by herself as she believed independence will help her reach her goal. And by the time she returned in Diamond and Pearl, her skills improved tremendously, even acting as a mentor to Dawn. In fact, it's because of Mei that characters like Dawn, Iris, and even Serena were given much more development and screen time during whatever series they debuted in. Basically, without Mei, none of these future companions will be nearly as important as she was in her respected series, and that is ultimately why I consider her to be the best. Still waiting for the day she returns to the anime, even though the chances are very slim. And those are Ash's companions ranked from worst to best. It's honestly hard to tell if we begin any new companions once the Gen 9 anime inevitably happens. Because I have a feeling Journeys will be the end for Ash, at least for him being the main character. But whatever happens, I hope we get some interesting companions that don't feel recycled or underdeveloped. Who knows. Anyway, how would you rank Ash's companions? You can even add Go and Chloe if you want. Either way, let us know in our Discord server and follow us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Continue supporting us on all major listening platforms, whether that be Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. Check out the Geeks and I over at Twitch, such as Eman the Legendary, which is also my YouTube channel, Nuclear Bacons, CryptoLock Games, and Carabyte. Also tell your friends and family about us, especially any Pokemon anime fans you know. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.